Hey guys, and welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of Outnumbered with Kelly and Hollis. We are back at you with another episode. <laughs> we are. Um, maybe not all of us are quite at that level, but we are back. <laughs> we I are wanted here. to bring the energy. Yes, that's what Hollis is here for. Yes, or helping people get jobs. Woo! Woot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always nice to be employed. <laughs> yes, yes. So this episode is all about the application process when you are job searching. I know the other day I did a poll on Instagram to ask you guys what you wanted to learn more about. A lot of people said resume tips and interviewing. And so hopefully this helps you um, build your resume and how to apply it to the application process because each, I guess, system is different. And so you need to be able to tailor your information to the different systems and then also tailor your resume to each specific process. So yeah, Kelly, you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. So <laughs> the sports industry is as competitive now as ever, I'm sure you guys know, especially with there being such limited jobs um, across the board and then also with a lot of people losing their jobs, unfortunately. So you really got to be on it when you are applying to jobs and just confident in the process. So we're going to talk about how to put together a winning application. And so the first part of that, or I guess step number one, um, if you want to look at it that way, is having realistic goals. So how do you push your limits, but be aware of what they are and avoid applying for a far to senior roles. So be realistic. If you know you are just starting out in your career, it's probably not the best idea to apply for the senior director <laughs> if you know you're just starting out. But then again, if your experience maybe makes you feel confident that you can handle that role, try it out. But for a lot of people, um, especially working in sports, you do kind of have to work your way up. So make sure that you are. Um, applying to the jobs that you feel you would be a best fit for, and then also applying to the jobs, at least maybe one degree up, but don't get too crazy. Yeah, because I think um, it speaks to your self-awareness when you apply to jobs and maybe a recruiter will see, okay, they have, you know, this so many years of experience and they don't really tick maybe 50% of what we're looking for, like why would they think that they would be qualified? Because I think that is a skill set you should have is being able to understand who you are and what you're capable of. And especially at that age, um, when you start getting into these higher level positions, I mean, people don't want someone that is still trying to figure themselves out. I mean, that's not bad when you're starting out, but I mean, you need to be investing and learning about yourself just as much as you are building your skill set, because really understanding what you're able to do will help you in the long run, just in terms of time management and knowing what you can handle um, in a job. Mm -hmm. And if you get a position that's too senior level, then you are going to get burned out really quickly because during the day, you're going to be obviously doing the job um, 
that you were called in to do, but then your evenings and weekends are going to be you constantly learning, constantly studying to keep up that facade and make sure that you are actually capable of doing that job since it is out of your description. So for example, I am trying to learn like digital ads and paid advertisements since that has, seems to be a hot commodity right now within the marketing world, but I don't know anything about that. So it's like, if I did get a job with the net time, obviously from nine to five, I got to do the job that they paid me in to do. But since I don't know anything about that after five and my Saturdays and Sundays, which I'm really big on self-care and that is your self-care time, girl. So you need to like time to wind down, but instead you're going to be using that time to study up on Facebook ads. You're going to be using that time to make sure you know what you're talking about in the meetings. And you're probably not going to be as confident in what you're talking about. Um, especially if other people are a little bit more familiar or have been working to it um, for, I guess, a longer period of time. You're just not going to be able to deliver to the caliber of they, that they want. And not to discourage anyone from applying to a position at all. That's not what we're trying to do. But like Kelly said, please make sure you know what you can handle because work and self-care and balance and friends is all kind of like a balancing act. So we just want to make sure that you don't get too overwhelmed. And like she said, making sure that you are self-aware and you know where you are in your career because that is a very big step. And then two, it can kind of mess up your brand um, should you ever like keep applying to the organization. And it just seems like you're all over the place. It seems like you're just looking to either join that organization or you're just looking for an opportunity in sports. It doesn't look like you really know what you're good at, what you can deliver and how you can really be an asset for them. Yeah. And even if, you know, you are still trying to figure out kind of what job you're looking for, if you do have a general idea I think even if you're not ready to apply to those higher level positions, they're good to start looking at because then you know, you know, those are goals that you can set for yourself. Okay, well, these are the boxes I didn't tick um, to be able to apply for this position. That's what I can, you know, maybe in my free time start working towards. Maybe it's a certification. Maybe it's taking a certain class. Maybe it's just getting some experience and internship outside of the industry just to learn more about it. Maybe watching YouTube videos. So definitely still look ahead of the game. I think that's very important and see where you, you know, need to work at to be able to get to those higher level positions in the future. But um, definitely remain realistic and reasonable when you are applying. Like if you're at that coordinator level, you can maybe go to the manager, depending if you have the experience to support it, even if maybe you don't have you haven't had management experience in the past, but you know, you've maybe had leadership opportunities that could translate, but definitely remember, you know, if you haven't had a management level position, probably shouldn't be looking at, you know, a senior director or director, <laughs> director of athletics, you know, for one of your first jobs, or if you're only in the industry for a few years. So mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And then that leads into our topic, or I guess step number two of the application process of putting it together is being relevant and consistent. So it is better to concentrate on putting together a single job application that will make a recruiter sit up and take notice rather than sending out several that won't make an impact. 
And y'all, that is so, so true. I read the other day, um, I'm not sure if her Instagram name, but she really focuses on resume and career building tips. And she said that in the beginning, a lot of her clients weren't getting any traction, weren't getting any interviews because they had that one resume and then they were just sending it out everywhere because they just wanted a job rather than making a resume that really highlighted their skills and applying to jobs that matched. And once they started doing that, it really made a difference. And then so I even started applying that in my job search because I'm telling y'all with this corona and everything <laughs> and being it so difficult to find a job, I, your girl was sending her resume out everywhere and nothing was happening. I was getting no interviews. I wasn't getting any calls. And so I really had to kind of take a step back and figure out what is it that I really wanted to do? How do I really want to position myself? And then especially with me and my resume, I have a lot of experience, but it's a lot of different experience. Like I have experience in sales. I have experience in marketing. I have experience in events. I have experience in grassroots marketing. So a lot of times when employers get that, they're a little confused and they're like, well, what is it that you actually want to do? And at the time, um, I was just like, well, I don't know, because I have all this experience and I enjoy it all. So is there any way that I can kind of apply all of it into this one job? And that's not how it works. You may get lucky and you may find a unicorn where you're able to kind of encompass all of the things that you enjoy in one job. But it's better um, in the long run of your job search if you really focus and tailor on the things that what makes you you and what you can do ever effortlessly. So if your thing is digital marketing and you know how to make a content calendar and Instagram strategy better than everyone else, really leverage that and then really try to put your foot in the door for all digital marketing um, opportunities. That doesn't mean that if that is what you specialize in, you shouldn't really be applying to graphic design jobs or you shouldn't be applying to engineering jobs because that's not really what you focus in and not to say that you can't again these are all our suggestions but um a lot of what i've been reading and my research and just what i've applied myself i think it's better to really focus in on the job too and then also understanding who you are interviewing with and who you're applying with. So if you are applying and you're interviewing with a digital marketing company and then they bring you in and ask you what you wanna do, your answer is digital marketing. Do not tell them that one day you hope to open a circus and you just aspire to be an entrepreneur and you wanna open up a paint shop. That's cool and that's beautiful but they only care about you being a digital marketer at the time. Sorry, all of my examples are digital marketing because obviously I'm a digital marketer. So <laughs> that's kind of where a lot of my examples lie. But that was one um, lesson that I really had to learn that my mom taught me because she was like, what are you doing on your interviews when they ask you? And I was like, well, I have all of these goals and I really want to do all this. So when they ask me, I tell them. And she's like, but that's not what they care about. They ask you in for this specific job. So they want to see how your goals and how your aspirations tailor to this specific job. That's great on your own time, but make sure that if you are applying to, whether it's an event coordinator or a digital marketer or a graphic designer, make sure what you are selling in that interview and what you are selling in the application process and in your resume is tailored to that job. Yeah, and I would say, and maybe this is wrong, but even if someone, you know, asks you, 
you know, what, like, what do you see yourself doing in five years? And, you know, you're going, we'll continue, I guess, with the digital marketing job or event coordinator. I mean, you don't have to limit yourself and like give them the answer that they're looking for. I mean, I think you should still be honest, but like Hollis was saying, you don't have to say, Oh, I want to do digital marketing five years, but make sure whatever your answer is, it is relating back to that position and kind of the key tasks and how it's relating to that position and not just, Oh, well, you know, I'm getting this job because I need a job and it's always nice to build my network and this and that, but it's like, no, how is what you're going to learn here going to help you get better? Mm -hmm. So I think, cause I'm always a big advocate for, you know, be honest because that can always come back to bite you. And we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I think, as long as you think about your answers prior to, and like we've talked about before, take time to kind of understand what you're doing and understand the purpose behind why you're applying for that job. It'll become easy when you're in the interview to talk about it since it is coming from a natural place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with what Kelly said. <laughs> don't, don't tell them what you think they want to hear because they can spot a liar or an imposter a mile away. But like she said, make sure it does line up with the job um that you are applying to that's what I meant <laughs> I'm not sure if it came off that <laughs> way but that's what I was trying to get at is making sure that it is again relevant and consistent and then also going on that thought um making one thoughtful impactful application for your job you really want rather than exercising a policy of quantity over quality. So again, really emphasizing the idea, if you like that quote, that was all Kelly, uh, <laughs> but really emphasizing the idea of being intentional with where you're applying and where you're sending your resume rather than just sending it out everywhere and hoping someone bites. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of job sites now that can kind of lure you into that trap. Know, is it like ZipRecruiter? Are there a couple where, you know, you upload your resume and then all you have to do is hit like apply, apply, mm -hmm. apply, apply, apply. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it feels great to be like at the end of the day, oh, I applied to like 10 jobs. But then when you end up hearing back and you're like, oh, shoot, which one was this? And then you have to scramble and try and figure out. And especially if it's them calling you and all of a sudden you have to be like, um, I don't really know who you are. I don't remember your company. Oh, my gosh, girl, that was my life. I used to hate when um, recruiters randomly call me and I'm like do you have 10 minutes to talk about this job you applied and I'm like sis I applied to 20 jobs yesterday like which one are you I, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about is this social media is this digital are you events like what I'm gonna need you to tell me a little bit more <laughs> exactly. exhibit a right there <laughs> but, yeah so just take the time put thought into your application I mean it can be as simple as looking at the job description looking at what they wrote up, looking for keywords, buzzwords. Maybe they talk about you being a team player. Make sure you include that in your resume or your cover letter. Try and pick things out, different language that they use because that's what they're looking for. The job, you know, recruiting company or whoever, people who are hiring are looking for these qualities. So why don't you go ahead, take what you know they're looking for and show that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so while we are on the amazing topic of resumes and the application process, that is a wonderful segue into step three, hone that resume. Yes, mm -hmm. I really, I wanted to take a minute to pause to make sure you guys really felt it. Like, soak it in. Yeah, soak it in. Hone that resume, okay? So recruiters, 
as you all know and have heard, will glance over your resume and it will may take like six to 10 seconds. And that's all you get. That's all you get to really sell yourself and what you're offering and why you would be a good fit in that role. And so within, <laughs> I laugh because I was like, when you think about it, it's like, oh, that's really not a lot of time. Like six you seconds. Put in like six <laughs> hours of work into your resume. And then they're like, hmm, okay, next. <laughs> I know. It was like the more I thought about it, I was like, huh, like, because at least with me, I really enjoy making resumes. And I like to make one every couple. Of, I know Kelly just gave me a face, but I know I really enjoy making resumes and like updating mine. It's it's a hobby. And so I put a lot of time and thought into, you know, the layout and my wording. And to know you're going to sit there and take six seconds to look at what, you know, I've probably spent hours working hard on is just really crazy. I'm being dramatic, but <laughs> just to give you guys <laughs> spent hours. <laughs> no, but really, I worked really hard on my resume. <laughs> and just to know that they take six minutes. So that's how you know, not minutes, but seconds. That's how you know you really have to be intentional with what you're putting and how you're kind of organizing what's going at the top, because obviously that's what they're going to see first. And then what you are putting, um, throughout the rest of the order of the document. So making sure you don't confuse responsibilities and achievements, making sure you use your achievements are tangible and measurable. So numbers are really big. If you have a percent that you can use of how much you grew something, if you can say how many people you helped, how many people you managed, what was your particular impact um, goes a long way. So however, um, or, as many numbers as you can put in your resume will make you golden because that way people can actually see the growth that you've contributed to a company. And then real quick, just to give you guys an example. So which one sounds better? So I achieved exponential growth for social media campaigns or I achieved 39.5% of growth within my social media strategy for this company. <laughs> Those weren't the greatest examples because I came up with them at the top of my head. But you see where I was going with the numbers, right? Did you see it? Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I mean, because you and I could have a very different definition of what exponential means. Yeah, it could. So that way they have a real number because really you could be saying exponential and it could mean 1%. And I'd be like, oh, you lying. Like, you really trying to play one on me. That's how I would feel as a recruiter. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, maybe I'm a little bit of a, you know, glass half empty sometimes. So I automatically automatically think like, oh, you didn't put a number. You're hiding something. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, you trying to pull Give me the full truth. What is mm -hmm. up with that? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And, okay. So, Kelly, i love to know your thoughts on the whole resume one page two page thing like where where do you stand with this because i am a one pager do not show me anything otherwise do not tell me anything otherwise so where do you lie hollis listen <laughs> I, would, I would love to i would have loved to seen your face when i my very first resume before you know i was blessed with knowledge was Four pages. Four pages? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen, like, I carried around this tiny little stapler. I mean, I still carry around my tiny little stapler. And I felt so, like, official. I'd get it out, staple it. It looks so prepared. 
be like, here's my resume. Now it wasn't front and back, I'll tell you. And I thought, I mean, it, this was pretty much like, if you went to my LinkedIn profile and just hit print page, like I included everything. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, but I don't do that anymore. Uh, I was given a golden rule when I went to my grad program. You should aim for one page, mm-hmm. two at most. And if you have a second page, you better make that second page worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've, get, I've been given numbers too, where I think it's for every like five to seven years of experience, you should, you know, have a page on your resume. But even then, when it comes to your resume, you should be kind of honing the experience because now the one that I send out doesn't have every single position mm-hmm. that I've done. I mean, if there's something that you can't fit on there, but you want to include, you can mention it in your cover letter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely, if you get creative with it, there's definitely ways to keep it to one page and still mention other experience, even if you can't get there. But the golden rule that I've lived by, but apparently Hollis, I mean, keep it to one page as much as you can. But if you have <laughs> the second page, you better make it worth it. Yeah, and I think too, it's also I'm very one page since um, I am in the early stages of my career. And I feel that. So when you said the whole five to seven years, I felt that because I feel like you should only have two pages. If you are, you know, that's when you're the senior director, that's when you're the VP. And it's like, okay, I understand why you have two pages. You need two pages because you've been in this go a long time. You've contributed a lot. So I understand. If you are applying for a coordinator or a manager position, sis, you do not need two pages. Like you need to learn how to consolidate. You, what, is, what is the name of the section? Hone that resume. You need to learn how to cut out things that don't matter. They don't need to know every specific job that you held within that position. If you organize some files, you don't need a bullet point for that. You, that don't need to go on your resume. You probably did it, and kudos to you. But every little detail does not need to go on your resume. I was also told, um, going off that, only the key things that you really contributed or how you really elevated that system is what should go on. So a lot of times um, when you are able to utilize those numbers or if you are a, or like if you really made an impact, if you came up with some kind of order process, a file, a strategy, obviously those things go on it. But if you just assisted with the concessions of something, that probably doesn't need to go on your resume. These are talking points that once you get to the interview, you can bring up when they ask a little more detail about the roles that you have. But again, we said that recruiters look at your resume for six to 10 seconds. Do you really want them to spend that 0.5 second of looking to see (laughs) that you did something that probably doesn't directly relate to the role that you're applying for? No. If you are looking at my resume for six to 10 seconds, I want you to see all of the key things that I have contributed throughout my career thus far. So you really want to use that time and use that space to make sure it matters. Like Kelly said, make it count. Do not show me no second page if it don't count. Yeah, geez. <laughs> I'm very firm on this. I swear, I've, I can like picture you in my head, just like once you're hiring people, automatically if you see two pages and it's like, eh, nope. Like, what is this? <laughs> but uh, one thing when you are 
putting together that resume that you should consider is the formatting of it. I mean, you can use narrow margins, try and get as much as you can on that first page. I think I use about like a 10 point font, but um, one, one tip I've gotten is try and avoid any fancy fonts or colors which are distracting, um, which only serve to bring more style to your resume than substance. I think another helpful tip I was always given, although most people don't print it out anymore, but if they were to print out your resume, black and white, because most people don't take the effort to print things out in color, well, print things out at all. But if they were printed out black and white, like would it still be able to look the same and not like have the design taken away because it's printed out in black and white? Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I try and keep my resume very simple. There's very limited design and then kind of the leeway that I take with it is with my cover letter, I actually incorporate more design to show the creativity there since there's more room to work with with your cover letter. But just remember when you are doing that, you know, it may look cool to have, oh, let me have like a different font here, here and here, but it can be distracting and there are very little things. I actually had a comment when I had someone who was looking at my resume with, I have dashes instead of the bullet points. And he made a comment where he he said, I really appreciate that you use the dash instead of the generic Microsoft Office bullet point because I hate it when people just use the bullet point. <laughs> so it can get as specific as that. Like it could be the smallest thing. So do remember that where you could have, you know, in your eyes, the perfect resume. And out of 10 people, according to nine, it's the perfect resume. But there's that one person that's like, no, I didn't like it. I didn't like your font choice. It should have been bigger. You should have said this instead of this. I didn't like how you phrased this. So just, just remember that as well. I mean, when you ask people for their advice, when I've asked people for their advice, I've never gotten the same critique twice in a row. So That's it is actually a really good point. It is all kind of subjective based on how the person feels that's happened to be looking at your resume. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's a really good point. Um, actually, if you guys aren't following us on Instagram, first of all, shame on you because we be dropping gems. But the other day I made a post on um, the top myths of resumes that you shouldn't be making. I forget the exact words, but it's something along those lines. And one of the um, recommendations they said was whether or not to save your resume as a pdf and i need to look more into this because i was like oh i've never heard that before until i read that article but they said that you should do a pdf when obviously you're mailing it or you're emailing your resume to a home recruiter directly or if there's some way to get it to them but when you are going through the what is it the applicant tracking system it can't read a pdf and so within that system, it's better to upload it as a um, Word document so that way you're able to make sure that it's highlighting all the words and it really understands what you're putting on your resume. So I thought that that was really interesting because other than um, that resume, uh, not other than that resume, but other than that article and then a couple that I followed up with, I literally had never heard that before. So I think I'm going to do a little bit more research into that to see how much that really affects it or how true that is but just something to take note yeah i remember i saw that when you posted that and that made me think because i'd always been told use the pdf because you never really know how someone like opening something else in word mm -hmm. 
format of it. Yeah, so that's what I was told. PDF, but then I'm like, well, now I have to gamble either way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, because that's why I'm like, well, how do I know that they're going to get it formatted the way that I sent it? And it's not going to be jumbled up all over the place. But I guess having, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do, y'all. <laughs> well, I can give you two more tips that you are in control of. Um, and I think it's one of the most important. And I know we've stressed this before on anything you do, but always check your grammar check your spelling. Mm-hmm. That's something that's very easily done. I mean, they have, I mean, Microsoft Word has, what is it? Why can't I think of it? Spell check. Yes, they have spell check. It'll underline things in the squiggly lines. If the grammar is incorrect, you can get Grammarly. Um, grammar is, and spelling are one of the easiest ways to get knocked off the list, especially if you're applying for positions in PR or anything like that, where those kind of mistakes or something you can't be doing in the job. Yeah, and that's, that's so true. Something easy to, that you can control, that isn't a gamble, whether you know it's gonna be read by the system or if they're gonna see the format, like something that's out of your hands, you can control your grammar. And then the other thing is, I mentioned earlier, don't, don't lie on your resume, don't do it. At all, and it's funny, <laughs> just to give you guys a quick um, story about the whole, make sure your spelling and grammar is good. Also, let multiple people look over your resume just to make sure, because when I was in college, I had this resume. It was gorgeous. And <laughs> that was an irrelevant fact. I wanted you guys to know how pretty it was. But I had this resume. I use it. That's what got me my internship at Wasserman. I use it. I was sent, literally sent it out everywhere. My mom looked over it was like, oh, this is great. Professors looked over it. Oh, this is great. Everybody was like, yeah, this is great. And then I sent it to my friend and he looked over it. And then he was like, do you know you misspelled Virginia? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like literally all of these people looked at this resume. I live in Virginia. I go to Virginia Tech and I can't even spell Virginia. When I tell you I was shook, I was so upset. I was like, literally all of these eyes have been on this and no one, (laughs) no one caught that. So make sure like you get a lot of eyes on your resume because Sometimes things just slip by. Yeah. I mean, we apply that process even when we're doing, I remember when we do graphic checks at ESPN, we'd have 10 different people looking at a graphic and you would get, you know, different critiques from everybody. And there'd be things that they were like, oh, this was misspelled. And I was like, really? I didn't see that. So Mm -hmm. definitely, absolutely get a second pair of eyes. I always hate when that happens because it's like I don't want to be the person that missed something so I always try to like really double and triple check so (laughs) I'm like my face is like two inches from the (laughs) you're not getting away from me this time every time and I'm just like yeah I didn't see anything and then two seconds later um there's this this and this I'm just like dang it I missed all of that But um, going into our next thing, so of course the application process and your resume is your time to really sell yourself. So make sure you are doing that because this is your first introduction to an interviewer and to a company. So you really want to make sure that you are stepping out on your best foot forward. Yeah, and make sure you leave them in no doubt as to what you've done and you know what level you've been working at and how you've succeeded. Um, what sets you apart from the other candidates. Um, 
that is one thing I know I'm always working on and Hollis always is the best at reminding me and just being like, can you like, have you seen what you've done? Like the companies you've worked for, the things you've done, like mm -hmm. just put it into perspective. Cause I know I get down and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've done it. Like it's not that big of a deal, but it's like, oh, no, girl, you popping. It's a big deal. So, and like we've told you before, you know, if you're not, if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect other people to? Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you are taking the opportunity. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing to toot your horn in this situation. I mean, you know, you can be humble still and, you know, think you're a very, you know, good worker and that you will be successful at the role. Mm -hmm. I mean, Humbly you toot your horn. Talk about it, you know, at McDonald's when you're waiting in line to the person in front of you, but... <laughs> Yes, see that would be humbly tooting your horn. Don't just be out there tooting. Don't nobody want to hear that. Yeah, nobody wants to hear a honk. Yeah, <laughs> don't honk it. All right, <laughs> toot it at the appropriate times. Cause don't don't let these people. They can't play with you. You yeah. are there for a reason, and you need to let them know. Cause <laughs> otherwise, they're not gonna know. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a um. That's actually funny you said that, cause that's another post that I made on Instagram is see we'd be what? dropping gems people we'd be dropping yes gems. no follow us we are popping on instagram but it said one of the tips it was just like don't assume that the recruiter will know how great you are based on what your resume is they they should look at it and literally have no doubt there should be no room for guessing how great you are like make it relevant there should not be any guessing room within your resume of how awesome you are and why you deserve to be there and honestly, I think the next part we're going to talk about, I mean, I know it's a struggle for me to be confident, but honestly, the next part is the toughest part in the whole application process, which is exercising patience. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to submit the application and you're going to wait to hear back if you, you know, have an interview. Once you have the interview, you have to wait then between other interviews or if you're going to get the job. And especially right now with the shortage of jobs and, you know, it's a competitive marketplace with a lot of talent, talented candidates in this industry, you need to be prepared that the right job for you might not come up overnight. Mm -hmm. And boy, has that been a pill for, I know, at least for me to swallow. Yeah, no, I agree, which is why <laughs> one thing that helps me is I try to stay busy. Um, I don't. It's not that I, because I get very self-conscious as well, because I'm just like, dang, I thought I was popping, like, why well, I ain't got no job yet? But <laughs> I'm also a firm believer of literally what God has for you, no one can take away from you. You didn't get that job because it wasn't for you. I don't know why it wasn't for you. That's something you got to take up with God. But God got something better, or he got something else for you. And then that's something else that I've really realized, is every time that I thought I wanted something, or I thought I would be a great fit for something, or I don't know, you just, I'm like, oh, this is mine. This is perfect. I know I got it. And I didn't get it. God always, always, always came back with something that was a million times better. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, there was this time where I wanted this one job, and I was like, oh, I would be great. This is great. I would do awesome here. And then I didn't get it. But then God gave me a call from ESPN. So it's like, I was like, oh, this is better. So like, you just never know what God has in line for you. And just really use that time to kind of work on yourself. Make sure you are ready for when the time comes. Like, y'all stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. 
and make sure that you are working towards the opportunity or the position that you know you would be killer at because it's coming and you don't know when it's coming. So make sure you're ready and not just kind of sitting around hoping that it falls into your lap. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of build off what Hollis was saying, keep an, keep an open mind when you are going through this process, an opportunity that maybe doesn't seem right for you or isn't quite mm-hmm. what you thought you wanted could be exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. I've had so many times in my career where I kind of had a plan. That's what, when I have interviews and people are like, where do you see yourself in five years? It's always hard for me to answer because every time I've set a plan or been like, this is the industry I want to work in. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Life is always like, eh, eh, nope, you're wrong. That's not what you're doing. You ain't going that way. You're going this way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I started working in Virginia Tech Athletics with the collegiate athletics marketing there. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to work in collegiate athletics. I want to do marketing. And I applied to a GA position with VCU Athletics um, to be a GA for their marketing department while I was at grad school. Like, from everything I was hearing from everybody, I was like, shoe in for it. I had the experience. Like, why wouldn't they hire you? Well, I didn't get hired. And it was, you know, it was a wake up call and you're like, okay, well, what the heck am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting a GA position with Sportable, a nonprofit organization. And I fell in love with the idea of being able to combine my passion for sports with my passion for giving back to the community or that nonprofit side. Cause I think sports just is an unbelievable platform as we're seeing now for social change and having a positive impact on the people around us. Mm -hmm. And that's an industry I want to be a part of. And I really saw that at that job. And I think if I had stayed with collegiate athletics, I wouldn't have really seen that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even going off of that, I, that's, I was like, this is the route I want to take. I want to stay in the nonprofit side of sports. So I applied for jobs that went with that and didn't get it. And then all of a sudden this ESPN job came up and I was like, I'm not getting it. It's ESPN. They wouldn't hire me. Like what, what do I have that they're going to want? And then I got hired there and the experience and the job that I did there was amazing. I, I wouldn't sacrifice it. And I enjoyed everything I did there. And I was like, well, I enjoy events too. And Mm -hmm. I could see myself working in this avenue as well. So just, you know, keep an open mind. The path that you see for yourself may not be what's ultimately destined for you. Mm -hmm. No, that's, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Cause that is very true. If you always just limit yourself to what you think you want, you may not be exposed to what you actually want or what the possibilities are because y'all there's a lot of options in the sports industry so don't limit yourself to what you think there is because I think a lot of times when people think sports you either think working for a team or you think working for um, a league whether it's like the NFL or the NBA or like the MLS but there's literally so many different avenues that you have to think about to kind of continue that so yeah And um, also going off practice, um, exercising patience, is securing internships to build up your experience and better position yourself for entry-level applications. So if you aren't um, currently working in the field or if you are waiting on that opportunity, make sure that you're interning, make sure you're volunteering to to ensure that you know you're staying in the industry and you know what's going on and you kind of have your not to say ear in the door, but it's like you have that one foot in because 
working in sports is who you know. So you want to kind of stay connected. You want to stay involved as much as you can, even if you're not fully. And I mean, to go off of that, I have been waiting since we did the internship episode to say this, but there is no shame in the intern game. No shame. No shame. As someone who, I mean, there's so many names for it. I've been a CW. I've been an intern. Other yeah. names for it that we don't need to talk about. Consistent. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as someone who I actually very much judge a company or an individual based off of how they treat someone who is at, I would say, the lower tier of the organization, it's, there's no reason for you to be ashamed or to think, oh, I'm just an intern because you're not. Like interns are just as integral to the system as everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these companies wouldn't be able to function without interns or they're seeing now that, you know, they don't have the money to hold that infrastructure because of the pandemic and the um, impact on the economy that we're experiencing right now because of COVID-19 that a lot of people are cutting back and you kind of can see, oh, this is actually, you know, what interns used to do. Um, they're as important to the system as anyone else. And if you're not treated that way, then I don't think that's an organization that you should try and continue to build your career in. Um, if you do, maybe try and be the change that you wanted. That's the one thing that I've always found interesting is that when I've worked with people and they tend to, you know, treat the intern in that very stereotypical way, and ask them why, like, why did you do it this way? Because you know, this isn't how you would have wanted to be treated. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. this is how it's treated. So this is how it's going to be. It's like, well, why don't you be the change that you wanted? Mm -hmm. So definitely there's no, there's nothing wrong with doing an internship, especially when, you know, maybe it's a skill set that you need to learn more about or get more experience in to get that position later on. Um, I know it's very difficult. The only downside, well, not only, but one of the downsides is obviously you're not getting paid as much and it's hard to maintain um, a lifestyle and, you know, rent an apartment and have bills. Yeah. Internship. It's yeah. not a salary. <laughs> wage, no. I guess. That's when you're hustling. <laughs> you can, yeah. you got to make it work. No, that is true. This, this is, I mean, it, I don't think it gets any easier in terms of work, but you definitely have to hustle at the beginning. You have to be willing to take, you know, maybe work two jobs um, or three jobs. I know I was working like at three jobs when I was in college, just because the internship I was doing at tech wasn't paid. So I had to find other ways to get that income. And I swear now if I was doing it, I'd probably be burnt out. Yeah. But that's where you do have to, once again, we talked about understand what you are capable of handling because this industry will burn you out girl long days long hours but it's all worth it it's all great and fun but they are long so that's why like you really gotta <laughs> enjoy it yeah and you have to you have to find something you're passionate about within it i mean you don't have to be a fan of sports but it is going to work you to the bone at the beginning but it is mm -hmm. definitely worth it um, yes yes and then so we aren't going to hold you guys um, hostage of 
the next steps within the application process. So the last step we have for you is where do you actually apply all of this information that we gave you? So you can, um, a lot of the different places that we've applied, I know Teamwork Online has been really, really big for me. I'm always on there. I'm also always on LinkedIn, um, especially recently, um, a lot of people, sorry, I said, um, a lot, and it just really threw me off for some reason, but a lot of recruiters or people that work internally for different companies, a lot of the larger companies have been posting on LinkedIn, whether they're hiring or whether there's an opportunity open within their company. So a lot of times you can find ways to apply on LinkedIn. And that's cool because a lot of times when the people are posting that there's an opportunity, they say, message me for more information. So that kind of creates an additional network or that creates an additional connection for you to talk to rather than just kind of um, applying blindly within a system. Yeah, and then I know another big job or job site, if you are looking in collegiate athletics, you can always go to the NCAA job site. They post a lot of openings and the colleges themselves too. If there's a specific institution you want to work at, you can go to their um, job sites on their websites as well, and they'll post them there. I've noticed, I mean, athletics doesn't typically have its own, so you'll have to go to the actual university, even though athletics is somewhat separate from the university. But most of them are posted on university job site. Maybe you people are ahead of me and like knew that, but in my head I was just <laughs> like, oh, I don't have a different job site. Yeah, but no, it doesn't. So if you didn't know that, yeah, welcome. If you didn't, don't judge me. But another uh, another job board that I've seen, there's actually a sports job board. I found it on Twitter, um, which, by the way, if I know Hollis has mentioned Instagram, if you don't follow her Twitter, I post a lot of job opportunities. There are so many job opportunities on Twitter if you follow the right accounts. So Which we are. We are one of the right do, accounts. And we put it all in one place for you. <laughs> If you just want to follow one extra account, yeah. Other tips and help. like a one-stop shop. Kind of is. You know, <laughs> I didn't say it, but it kind of is. Yeah. So, Twitter is also a great resource. The sports job board that, like I mentioned earlier, some of them do cost money. Like this one, I believe, is a membership fee, like a one-time membership fee of thirty-seven dollars. And the one thing I do like about that, with like Hollis was mentioning earlier with LinkedIn, where it's like, oh, message me they have like the email address where you would email your application to someone as opposed to just like, I love teamwork. It's been a staple, but you know, you're just applying and like you get put to the bottom because I'm too cheap to buy premium and yep. like increase my chances by 300% according yep. to their statistics. <laughs> so hey, if you can afford it, be my guest, push me out of the way, cut the line. <laughs> But there's definitely like you can just go on Google and find jobs. You can look at generic sites such as Indeed, ZipRecruiter. Mm -hmm. So there's opportunity out there. You just got to go look for it. Yeah, that is true. And so now that is the end of our episode and we will leave you with the word of wisdom or wisdom words of wisdom. wisdom. We'll, we'll leave you with multiple words that form most likely sentences. <laughs> yes, I just I forgot what this category was called, and I know we just went over it, but okay, the words. We're gonna leave you some words of wisdom. Yes, thank you, thank you. 
and so this week, yeah, so this week is me, and my words are fall in love with the process of becoming the very best version of yourself. And that means really, like we said, this is a process, this is a journey. So make sure that you aren't necessarily looking towards the end, that's great, but also taking the moment, taking the little steps, taking all the people that you meet, all the jobs that you apply to, all of the interviews that you have, because they're all a part of your journey and your story. And so make sure that you kind of enjoy the process rather than enjoying just the end goal which I know can be hard right now because I don't always enjoy the process and sometimes I have to take a minute to take a step back and be like you know what I'm sick of applying I'm sick mm -hmm. of getting rejected I just need to you know <sighs> serenity now just mm -hmm. like take a couple days or a couple weeks and just you know relax unplug but looking back, I mean, I am a big believer in that you learn most from when you've struggled or when you've made a mistake or the hardest times is often where I've learned the most. And I think this, especially this time, has helped me appreciate how much I've loved working in sports. And it's reinforced for me that it's where I want to be. I love the job that I'm doing now with Lowe's, doing a lot of project management work and a lot of skills that I hope to use in the future. And I love the people that I'm working with. And I think they're actually helping shape me to be a better professional and a better person. But, and one great thing I would say about them is they've been very open and honest with me and me with them in trying to help me get back into sports. And they're like, we understand that that's where you want to go. We're going to help you. So definitely look, for people around you as well who understand um, what you want and are gonna help you get there. Cause I think it goes a long way in being able to appreciate the journey when you have people there to appreciate it with you um, and to be there on the journey with you. Ooh, so that's a good one. Thank you. Yes. I know, I actually like didn't prepare that. So I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, that was good. I love it. All right, Kels, well, Anything else we want on this episode? No, just uh, if you haven't followed us already, do so. Yes, yes. Like we said, we be dropping gems. We're like your one-stop shop for getting a career in sports. So I guess that is all that we have. And stay tuned for some episodes and whatever we have coming up, because I think we have some really exciting stuff. So yeah, until next time, guys. Bye. See ya.